You're listening to Coffee and Honeycomb, the podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Park. For today's episode, I'm kind of freaking out a bit. I am obsessed with our guest, you guys, obsessed. We have Britt here from ABC's The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So you might have seen her on the show, but what you may not know is that Britt is a woman who really loves God. I've already listened to this conversation like four times because each time I found a new nugget of wisdom. So first I'll say, I apologize that the sound quality is not the best, but the content is really good guys that I think it's so worth a listen. Britt gives us a behind the scenes look at her experience on The Bachelor, and then the aftermath of what it was like when America rejected her, how she clung onto truth and found her identity in God and asked the question, well, who does God say I am? She shares how she fights lies and renews her mind with truth, being honest with where she's at and saying no to shame. Britt gives a really amazing and beautiful testimony and advice of just what it looks like to cultivate an intimate relationship with God. You're going to love this one. So turn your speakers up, forgive the sound quality, grab a cup of coffee, and let's get started. Hi, Britt. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Thanks so much for joining. I'm super excited, too. I'm going to start by being really creepy. (laughs) And let Let's just go. get right into it. We're going to go right into it. Um, I, of course, watched your season on The Bachelor, and your uh-huh. season was my favorite. I was, I watched you on The Bachelor. I watched you on The Bachelorette. Read your blog post. Watched your videos with you and Jeremy. Aww. And I'm just such Isn't a he fan. the best? Oh, yeah. You guys are both so great. So great. <laughs> such a fan. And I've been, like, entertained. I've been blessed. And so I know this is going to be... an awesome episode and women are going to love it everywhere. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'll just put you in my pocket and bring you everywhere. Whenever <laughs> I feel good. Just whip you out. Thank you. No, truly. Thank you. That means, that means a lot. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so I wish that we were doing this in person, like at a coffee shop. Thank God I know. For technology. I got, I got my yeah. What's your coffee order? What are you drinking? I asked that to so, everyone. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's not, Oh, I see you have yours too. Awesome. Um, so honestly, I usually just drink black coffee today. I like got really fancy and I put almond milk in it, but oh, I yeah. actually like, I like coffee. I like the taste of coffee. I, yeah. I'm not trying to mask it with all these other things. Like I don't need it to taste like a cookie. Like I like coffee. I think it's delicious. And I don't even like expensive coffee. Like I like the cheap, cheap. This is like Trader Joe's from concentrate, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm drinking almond milk coffee as well. So Amen. Cheers, girl. It's funny because I think in high school someone told me it was a boy. A boy told me that someone might have been a boy. Might have been a boy. That <laughs> girls who drink black coffee have more social capital. And I was like, what is social capital? But ever since then, when I hear a girl drinks black coffee, I'm like, they're cool. That's they're like cool. really deep for and high I'm school. Not on that level yet. Also, <laughs> I, I will take it. it. Yeah. Words of wisdom. That's so funny. Um, I'm sure many people already know who you are, but for listeners who don't know you, didn't watch the show, great. Brit, where do you live? What do you do? And why might millions of America might know who you are? Yeah, if you don't know me, that means that you don't watch uh, reality TV, which is fine, which is probably good for you. (laughs) It probably means you're like a healthy person living a normal life. good for you. Um, but yeah, so uh, people probably would know me. I don't even know how many years ago now, two or three years, I think I'm so bad with timelines, but yeah, I did the bachelor and I was on Chris's season. It was season 19, I believe. And so that was just a big chunk of life that I wasn't ready for. I was on ABC. I was, oh my gosh, I think like 27, 28, maybe. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so don't do the math. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm like, so I'm 75 now. Um, and so I did that. And then I did sort of like a pseudo season of the bachelorette where it was me versus Caitlin, who we love. We love Caitlin. People always want to like pit us against each other. And I'm like, no, we're all women. We love each other. It's good. So, so we're friends, but we did, we did that season where we were competing and the men chose between us and I went home and then I, and then I started dating a guy that left the show and it kind of followed that. So I did like a, like a one third of a season of the bachelorette, which that was season. Oh my gosh. Who even knows? Like 500. Who knows? That's how people would know me. Um, but that's not what I'm doing now. <laughs> I'm not, some people live off like the spoils of that. And I'm like, God bless them. Like, yeah, I kind of cut the cord, but, um, so now I, I'm just, I'm a personal assistant to uh, like a fitness lady, um, which doesn't involve working out. Like most people think they're like, oh, so are you in great shape? I'm like, no, <laughs> I do emails. <laughs> so yeah, I just help her with a lot of computer stuff. And then I'm also a nanny. I nanny for about like three families, just intermittently, like a couple days a week with each. So that's really fun. Cause I get to kind of dig around in the dirt and, you know, eat chicken nuggets, watch SpongeBob and get paid for it. So it's great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So that's where I'm at now. And I live in uh, mid city in Los Angeles, um, with my husband, Jeremy, who I love. Yeah. I got married. I got married in real life. In the real world. <laughs> so um, weird. I'm a bachelor. So crazy. So, I'm so curious when you were on the show. Yes. How did you pack? Because girl, you guys wear everything from swimsuits to ball girl, gown. girl. It's so crazy. And honestly, it's a miracle. I don't know. There's a lot of sharing that goes on is the first thing that I'll tell you. There's a ton of sharing. And like, if you watch the show closely, you'll totally notice to be like, Hey, just like notice a tank top. You'll see it on girl a girl B two weeks later. You'll see it like tied up as like a, you know, with like a skirt for somebody else. Like literally you just have to be swapping clothes because you only give you a packing list. No, well, not really. It's very vague and like overarching. So they'll say like, um, because obviously the whole, sh uh, well, a, a major part of the show is the element of surprise and having us sure. kind of like, you know, uh, what's going on? We don't know. So they tell you, be ready for winter conditions, be ready for spring, summer, fall, like have bathing suits. We also need you to have like wintry clothes so that you're warm. Like, da -da -da. you know, I mean, obviously not like snow suits, but generally like right. pack for any weather condition you don't know how long you're going to be there. You could be there for two nights. You could be there for three months. Oh, yeah. You don't know. Um, and then also, yeah, we're going to have, you know, X amount of rose ceremonies, you know, and, and you have to pack as if you're making it to the end because you don't know. Yeah. And so that, you know, it's a lot of cocktail dresses. It's a lot of like, you know, it's crazy. So it, basically you just jam everything you can into two suitcases and you cross your fingers <laughs> and you hope it was okay. Oh, and then you share a lot. You share a lot of clothes. Yeah. When you told um, your family and your friends that you were going on this dating show, what was their reaction? <laughs> well, it's so funny. So mo most people in my life kind of know, yeah, that sounds like a Brit thing. Like that's a weird, oh, yeah? sure. Okay. Like, sure. Why wouldn't you go do something really random and like kind of like embarrassing and vulnerable? Like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like <laughs> par for the course. So like my family obviously was like really supportive. They're really sweet. And I told them, I was like, I'm praying about this and they were praying about it. And wow. we all kind of heard a yes from God, even though as you know, and, and this is not to slam the show in any way, but it's not like known for being like a, you know, a really like Christian honorable, like oh, yeah. know, safe program. Exactly. It's, it's, um, you know, it's kind of, people are like, uh, are you sure you want to do that? And I was just like, I, I feel 
yes, I feel like I'm supposed to like, and of course, all along the way, I'm kind of like, God, if this isn't for me, like, don't give it to me. That's okay with me too. Right. Like I might be dodging the bullets. It's up to you. And as the casting went on and on and on and each level you're, you're through, I was like, okay, this is looking more and more like a yes, but again, it's in your hands. And, and then it happened. So by the time that they call me and it's a yes, everyone's prepared. Like everyone in my life was prepared. Um, Although I will say like my roommate, who is my best friend, we've lived together for like 10 years, literally until I got married, we lived together and, um, in Hollywood. And she, she was like a little fearful. I think like she was the one that probably had like the best sense of like, this is actually a big deal. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like she's like kind of mama bear. She was like, uh, this is going to really be invasive. It's going to be a big deal. Um, your heart is involved. You're probably going to cry a lot. I know you, right? Like she's like, probably giving me, she's like probably giving me like the most accurate, you know, whatever. Um, and you know, but also support Like I, I, I feel really blessed to have really great friends and family. Um, so that was really helpful both before. And then as I'm sure we'll get into, um, the aftermath, that was really helpful to have people that were supportive. Yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> um, and I, and I told you, I watched the show and I, I really, even at following you after the show, I really admire just how transparent and vocal you are about your faith. Mm. And there's this one Thank snippet you. of, um, when you were on the bachelorette. Okay. And this after, is Brady, after, like after, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Brady comes, knocks on your door and comes uh-huh. and says hello. And I'm pretty sure I saw like a Bible and a journal oh, on your table. Oh, Yes, totally. And yeah. one thing that my girlfriends and I talk about, and especially like college students I mentor, something that comes up Aww. is it's hard to be brave and to be a light totally. and you're in this house, this environment. And like you said, right. it's on a show that's not the most Christian friendly, family friendly, whatever. And I'm sure it's a life right. that doesn't align with yours necessarily. Yeah. What was that like? And how did you try to stay faithful? You know, what's so interesting is, um, number one, yes, that was a journal. That was a Bible. And we're not allowed to bring very many things. Um, partially just because of space and, you know, there's like 30 of us. And so if we all bring, you know, the kitchen sink, obviously there's not going to be space for anything, but it's also kind of to like pair you down to where you're a little uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> and you don't have all the things that make you comfortable. Um, cause obviously it has to be dramatic, but you are allowed to bring a couple things. And so for me, that was a journal and a Bible. Cause that's like my, wow. it's like life source, right? I'm like, get, take anything, but that's what I need. And it is so interesting because yeah, on the surface that show is, you know, obviously there's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of like sexuality. There's a lot of, you know, X, Y, Z. It is whatever you make it, but you know, crazy stuff happens. And you would think that that environment would lend itself to being maybe further from God. But I found in that environment, it's so high stakes. And I was so aware, you know, having a camera on you 24 seven is not normal. Like I'm like you, we're normal, right? Like yeah. we're not actors. <laughs> like we're not used to this, oh, right? It's not like, following you around. right. Like that's not, it's not my daily life. Yeah. Just, just in case anyone thought that it was, it isn't. Um, so, so it's very, you know, it's invasive and it's just different and you feel, um, you feel pressure. Like there's a lot of pressure. And for me, I can go one of two ways. And, and, fortunately on the show, I just feel like it drove me harder into the presence of God. Like I woke up and I was like, girl, I need, I need to be writing out how I feel. I need to be in prayer. I need to be like literally feeding on the word of God. Like I need it because there's so much going on and I actually felt really close to him um, during the show because there's just a lot of time, which you don't see, but there's a lot of time where you can kind of, um, you just are reflecting like, wow, this is a, not, not, 
this is not a normal experience, right? Like you're, you're almost like removed. You're like, Whoa, what is happening? Like, what is my life? And you actually like, it just creates a space where you're, you're, you're able to interact with God in a different way because you're like, Oh, this feels important. Like something's happening here. This isn't my normal life. What what are you teaching me right now? Like what, what do you have to say? Like, where is this going? So I felt really, um, strangely dependent on the word in that time, just because I was aware the stakes were not normal, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, so it actually, it was not hard. Um, it, it just was, yeah, it, it felt natural. And there was actually other girls that were Christians as well. And like, oh, wow. we would, yeah, we would pray sometimes. And like, we would like to kind of discuss what's going on. And I remember like quite a few of us had, you know, the old, like Jesus calling devotional, which is oh, God, God bless it. Like, I'm not knocking it at all. Like, like it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's that, but everybody has it and it's actually great. It's amazing. And we were kind of going through it together. So that was really sweet. Oh, and fun. So yeah, it, it felt good to be in the presence. It felt like I needed mm-hmm. it more than I normally need it. And I think sometimes that's helpful. Right. And those are <laughs> you don't get to be complacent. aren't putting on TV. Well, surely not. Yeah. yeah. No, that's not interesting. <laughs> the morning Bible study, not, not what people are tuning in for. Shocking. Yeah. Not the most dramatic season. Then. Look, look at them all sitting together and kind of like connecting yeah. over the word of God. Yeah. No, that doesn't, that doesn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a different show. After you left the show you kind of Mm -hmm. faced a pretty severe um, negative reaction. For those who didn't watch, can you kind of summarize what that was like? Yes. So it's so interesting because now I feel, um, you know, much less emotionally connected to it, but that was really, really hard. So basically what happened, um, I'll I'll make a long story as short as I can. Um, When I was on the show, I, I I don't know if it was God protecting me. I think that was part of it. And then there's also just part of me that's kind of like naive and joyful. by nature, uh, for better, or for worse. Um, I really felt like I was friends with, with all of the women. That's, that was my experience. Like I remember I, I went home and I told my parents, I was like, there's going to be no drama on this season. It's going to be so boring. <laughs> I literally said that. And I was like, you know, like the last two days, like I felt kind of weird and that was about it. But like, you know, the other months of time, I really enjoyed it. So that was kind of my experience. And of course we don't view it until it's shown to the world. Like I see it along with 10 million people that are watching it which that's a weird experience in and of itself. But so I'm watching and that kind of as the season goes on, I'm noticing that every time I'm not in the room, there's like a a, a lot of, (laughs) I don't want to say hateful, but hateful like speech about me, like, Oh, Brit's this way. And And a lot of people were mistaking just really my joyfulness for being fake. And that was very hard for me. And then just a lot of drama went down and people accused me of lying, which is so hard for me because I really was trying to be integrous. Like that was really important to me. And I, I didn't speak negatively about anybody like on purpose. And so to find out that that was happening about me, I was just like, Oh, I'm the one that everyone didn't like. It was shocking to me. It was shocking. Cause that always happens, but you kind of assume that that's that the person brought that on themselves. And I was right. like, Oh, I, not only don't think that I did anything to bring that upon myself because I was kind to everybody, but I also just literally had no idea it was happening. Literally oh had no idea it was happening until, um, so how it happened is I, it was, it was hometowns and we had booked my hometown date. Like, you know, my parents had talked to the producers and everything and it was all set up and then oh, that's already set up. Yeah, it was already set up because it was going to be like the next week and I was going to stay. And then I went to the producers and I was like, I, I don't feel right about bringing someone home to meet my father. I've never done that before. And that doesn't feel right. I don't know him well enough. Bringing my um, parents into this doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel right to me. So I was going to send myself home. So that's why like during the rose ceremony, I'm like, can I talk to you? So anyways, I, as I'm telling him like, 
I, I really respect you, but I want to leave. He tells me like, oh no, all the women have been saying that you're lying about this and you're this way and you're fake and you're da, 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 da. And it hit me. I mean, like a ton of bricks, dude. I was like, oh my oh, gosh, what, what? Like, I, whoa, 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 whoa. Cause we've never had, um, me and Chris had never had a bad connection. Yeah. And it, it just, he was angry at me all of a sudden. And I'm finding out that all of these girls, like these women that I thought I was really close with, were like saying all this stuff about me. So anyways, I'm making this not short, but no, no. So, so that was very painful. It was very painful for me. And I'm crying. There's like this like famous infamous oral scene where I'm like sitting on the curb. Yes. I'm sitting on the curb, like weeping. And then they use it for every promo, of course, because it's so like, you know, for lack of a better word, like pathetic, I'm losing my mind. I'm like, totally emotional breakdown on the curb in my dress. Okay. You know. But you know, what's funny is that it's so funny. This is okay. Again, how creepy I am, but, um, <laughs> they showed that clip in the promos mm-hmm. even before the season began. Of course. And that's when I learned about reality, Steve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, Oh, oh yeah, she go home and she goes home. This is like a sign she goes home and yeah. then she's probably going to become the bachelor because she's America's favorite. But- that's so funny. I've, yeah, me and reality, Steve have talked. He's, he's actually like a sweet guy, which is funny. Um, but anyway, so yes. Yeah, so, so I cry, I go home and my tears are because, Oh my gosh, like this, this world I've been living in is, is not is not real. And these people have really negative opinions of me. It was very, it was very hard, not only like for codependent reasons, like I want to be liked, but also just feeling like it was unjust. And, and I wish that they knew me and I wish that they knew I'm not trying to hurt them or whatever. It was just, it just felt um, painful. And I didn't get to see those women again until like the reunion show, which that was also like really hard for me, whatever. That, that's a whole nother thing. I was like on my knees. I was like, God, help me do this. So as I watched the show unfold, all of these things, it was really painful, not only to see that I had been living, um, you know, kind of in a false reality, like that everyone was kind of like making things up about me that I I wasn't able to defend myself. And so that was painful. But also what was even more painful, I think was the aftermath and kind of like the attacks on social media and in the press. And I remember there was a time where like, I would hear it on the radio. It would be like, Brit Nelson is a liar. She's the fake one. She got sent home, wow. but you know, good, like kind of screw her kind of thing. And I was like, but, uh, uh. and then I would go to the grocery store and it would be like a magazine would be like Brit Nelson who doesn't shower and is disgusting is now also a liar. And I was like, but I'm just a person, you know? Yeah. And it was really hard. Um, you know, obviously as humans, we're not built for that. Just generally, like these are unnatural things that like millions of people would be saying negative things about you. Like that's really very recent in human history that that could even be possible that you could have this much stuff (laughs) from this many people. Like our brains don't know how to handle it, but also, um, contractually, I'm not allowed to defend myself. You sign like a 30 page contract basically saying like, you can't say what goes on behind the scenes. Um, you know, da, 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 da. And you're under like, it's like a $5 million contract, which obviously they're not, they're not enacting like on people like, you know, we would be hearing about this, but basically it is you're sworn to secrecy. And and again, like I'm trying to live with integrity. So I'm not going to explain that like, no, that's not what happened. Um, you know, now it's years past, nobody cares. But at at the time whenever, you know, know, no, but, but, but truly like, you know, at the time, like on social media, when like literally, I mean, thousands of people are like, you you know, they're like, your mom should have had an abortion. I mean, really horrible, horrible stuff. Like we're all getting death threats. And it wasn't just me. It was a lot of people. People are just, this is a whole nother topic, but something about the internet, like just unleashes the, the, the nastiness and in, inside of people. And yeah, for whatever reason, if you become a public figure in any capacity, that kind of 
for some reason people like there's like almost like a, a joy or like a giddiness about attacking attacking people and I just wasn't prepared so right I really again though it was it was kind of like being on the show it was like this very yeah. surreal experience so much more than I'm used to dealing with right um and really just having my character maligned and just so much confusion, not, not feeling able to defend myself, feeling, feeling sad that I'm being called a liar because I'm not feeling sad that just, you know, these friendships and everything disintegrated and, um, feeling even anger and just confusion, you know, a lot of emotions all at once. Um, and just like, I couldn't escape it. It was everywhere, you know, which I'm also not used to. Um, I really had to press into the word of God again. And I remember like reading the Psalms and I was like, Oh, I get it. And like, obviously, I mean, obviously there's not armies chasing me, right? Like they're not trying to kill me, but that's almost how it felt. And, and, um, of course it's more dramatic and also, you know, David's a King. I don't have, you know, there's, there's some, there's some differences and I'm not saying that I'm King David, but truly I'd never read the Psalms where he's, where he's talking about just like pain, anguish, and like not understanding where God is and like really just like, I need you. I need to feel your presence because I'm so in over my head. This is such like foreign territory to me. So I would just read them and I was like, wow, I've never read these before actually going through something so large, you know, like having never had literally millions of people think I'm a, I'm a horrible person and like rejoice when I'm hurting. I've never felt that like that's, and you think somehow that, um, it wouldn't affect you. Truly it's, it's, it's much easier said than done. It's, it's, you know, you can read 50 good things and someone says something really cutting and that's and what that you think about all you. day. Right. Yeah. Like psychologically, you know, like that's, that's our brains hold on to the negative information yeah. longer. Um, you know, whatever. Anyway, I'm not going to get into psychology, but unfortunately that's true. And it really, again, like it just brought me to my knees and it ended up being this thing where I was so, I mean, literally physically on my knees so frequently crying into the carpet, like, you know, crying out, like, when is this going to be over? Like, when can this just be over? And really asking God, like, well, what is like, who am I? Like, where is my identity come from when it doesn't come from people knowing who I am or, or perceiving me in a way that I think is accurate. Like that can't be it anymore. Cause that's not happening. And, and I, I've been taking for granted most of my life where people just, you know, regular interactions where people see you for who you are, that that is no longer on the table. So who am I really? And letting him speak identity over me. It was, it was such an intense experience. I felt so close to the father that almost when it was mm-hmm. over, I was almost like, Oh, I miss that. Not the pain, but what the pain brought about was like, I actually miss like, there was such a sweet relationship that formed because of my absolute utter dependence to like get through the day. Right. That I almost like when the, when the pain lifted and when things, you know, as as people do, people have very short attention spans. So they hate me. And then, you know, two months later they're like, Oh, you're just someone that we recognize your face now. So now we like you and we forgot what happened and you know, it's all good. (laughs) And, um, so, so people's short attention spans and just time, you know, time healing things. I was almost like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't, I don't feel this desperation anymore. I almost missed it because of like the fruit. Right. So I'm sure a lot of that was, no, thank you for walking us through all of that. And just like sharing that. You're like, thank you for making that answer four hours long. (laughs) (laughs) I know many of us have an experience. I think the degree of experience that you, you experience and having many know us, but I think all of us to some degree struggle with absolutely fear of man, shame, absolutely guard your heart and prevent yourself from believing what other people said about you. 
Yeah, I, I tr- totally. And, and you know what's interesting? It was just because. Good, by the way. Oh, oh, thanks. I'm so, so hot. I got like <laughs> you know, you know the, like the morning coffee like flush. Like also yeah. just talking like the adrenaline. I'm like sweating over here, girl. And bring anyway, back those memories. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like PTSD as well. No, I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> So wait, so what was, oh, how do you deal with like fear of man and shame? Honestly, yeah, it really taught me how to do that because generally like in, in your life, like you're, you're more or less incubated, right? And you, and you generally spend time with people that like you, people that get you, but these little things come in like little bits of comparison, little bits of jealousy, little bits of da, 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 da. but it's easy to kind of like shove it down or just not be around those people. And, and unfortunately, like I really had to dig deep cause I couldn't shut it down. I couldn't shut it out. It was like so pervasive. And so I really, I mean, truly like the thing that got me through it was like the Bible. I was like, okay, I no longer have this crutch of just being around people that like me which is normally what we are, you know, if you choose your friends, if you guys don't get along, you're not really friends. That's fine. You find other friends. In this case, I didn't have that. And so I truly was just like digging into the word of God. I had to go in and say like, who does God say that I am? Like, what does that actually mean to be a child of God? I've heard that a lot, but like, what does that mean? Do you actually look at me? Like, like I look at it, you know, a child that I nanny, like how much I love them and how much I actually want good for them, even if they mess up. Even, you know, if other kids don't like them on the playground, that actually doesn't make me love them less. That makes yeah. me feel more protective, right? That makes me want to, I, I want to go to bat for them more. And it just really like feeling, feeling so close to God at a time when the world really was rejecting me. It, it shifted a lot in my heart because I think as human beings, we're so built to be performance driven and to have our value be wrapped yes. up in the opinions of others. It's just totally. so natural, you know, like no matter what you do. And for me, I did a lot of modeling and all of these like <laughs> things that really um, cemented that. Like li- literally, you know what I mean? Like you, you are, your value is your what people it. say yes. about you. If they choose you, you're valuable. If they don't, you aren't. And um, I, I've God really shifted that. Um, and, and now it doesn't, I don't think that it's necessary for everyone to go through <laughs> what I went through yeah. to get that. But it, for me, it was very helpful. Um, I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like you're not leaving. Yeah. Everybody has left. And even my closest friends were like, they didn't leave me, but they were like, it's really hard. Like I'm tired of explaining. I'm tired of defending you to strangers. I'm tired of talking about like, I'm tired. I'm weary. And I never felt God say I'm weary. I never felt God say I'm tired of you. I'm tired of defending you. I'm tired of defending you. I'm tired of building you up. I'm tired of encouraging you. I'm tired of giving you peace. You know, I didn't feel that. And it was so overwhelming just to have the experiential knowledge that like, he really does choose me no matter what the world says. It, it like changed my life. And so I wouldn't take it back. You know, I don't want to go through it again. Right. Lord, I do not want to go through it again. Put that out there. You know, I'm like, just speak that out. But, but I, I, it was so invaluable to, to learn, it, again, in an experiential way that can't be taken from me. Like, oh my gosh, God doesn't love like I do. He doesn't love like the world does. It it was really cool. Yeah, I think um, something that comes to my mind as you're sharing all this is too, is somewhere it talks about how what man intended for evil, God intended for good. Yes. And how God even takes this mess and this experience that is so awful. Yeah. um, But yeah, that God brought beauty out of that. And not only in your relationship with him and in your identity, but even after like you were able to have this platform and influence other Mm -hmm. women and kind of be able to minister to other women. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? 
Yeah. So that's another thing. And like, even, you know, even as I was going on to the bachelorette, people were like, why are you doing, are you crazy? Like, what is, why, why would you do this? Like you got burned, you got burned. All my friends were like, no, (laughs) like, you know, but I I just think about that. I just, again, felt God. And yes. So, so you're exactly right. So what was painful and again, embarrassing, right? Like being not chosen as like wife material and getting sent home. Like that wasn't, you know, that doesn't feel good. Like, right. I'm a human being. I'm not, you know, it doesn't feel good. It was embarrassing. And again, very vulnerable and, um, really made me check in again with like, okay, who am I God? Who do you say I am? Right. Not who do these men say I am? Who do you say I am? So, but, but through doing that, even though it was painful again, God did bring beauty in the platform. Like I, I got to do all like the circuit speaking for world vision and, and people don't want to hear about the kids. They want to hear about the show because you know, more people than I ever knew watch that show, especially in the South. So I was doing this circuit in the South where I was able to talk about kids and a bunch of kids got sponsored, like really cool. And then being able to speak even about like my own struggles, like about my, my struggles with addictions of all kinds and my struggles with, you know, confidence, jealousy. I mean, whatever it is, right? Like we're all human beings. But since I have this platform from the show, which, you know, not again, not a godly show, God used it so incredibly. And like, I've been so overwhelmed by the response. I just like, God's on the move. He'll use anything, right? Like he uses like Joseph being sold into slavery, right? Like he uses it. And this is again, nothing, nothing like that, but it's a tiny shade of that. And he totally showed up and I've, I've, you know, forged like all of these, all of these really intimate bonds, like just, just through email with like women just saying like, wow, when you talked about X, Y, Z, like your body shame issues or your, um, you know, even binging and purging your uh, drug addictions, alcohol addictions, your, um, you know, comparison issues or your da, 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 whatever, just the stuff of life. It, it's, it's enabling me to bond with women. And so like kind of, and, and even, even I'll say this, even being, um, kind of for lack of a better term, bullied by some people has, yeah. has allowed me to connect. A lot of people have reached out and been like, I'm bullied. And like, how do you find strength in that? Like, how do you, wow. and, and for most of my life, just to be honest, like I didn't have that bullying experience. I couldn't speak to that. I don't know. I, I, I went to a really tiny school and like none of us were cool. So that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, we were all like the same level of like, we were all, all the kids that would get bullied. Right. right? And, um, so, but now I can be like, okay, here's my experience. Let me, let me speak to that. Like Holy Spirit, like, what do you want to speak over these women? And most of the women are younger. Um, mm. you know, m- most of the audience for that show is obviously the demographic is largely women, um, which is awesome. And it's largely women that are anywhere from, I would say like 15 to like 35. And a lot of the women that are reaching out for advice are on the younger end of that demographic. And it's just been so cool. Like I've had so many people and it almost makes me want to cry. I've had so many women, mm. um, is say like, you know, that they've watched, like they struggle with binging or whatever it is. And so, so somehow they're just searching on YouTube, not even related to the show. And they found my videos about it. And they're like, the way that you speak about God is making me want to revisit. Like I haven't been wow. to church in years and it's making me want to revisit it, whatever. And like, obviously I'm not, I'm, I'm not the one doing that. Like God's doing a thing. Right. And, and somehow he's using this crazy show, (laughs) this crazy experience to let, to let women connect and, and especially to connect somewhere where, yeah, like the truth of God is being spoken and, um, people, people are like being touched 
And God's just really awesome. Like he's really awesome. And obviously he could have done that a billion different ways, but like how cool that he in everybody's life has a different way of doing that. You know, like obviously that's not going to be your story. That's not going to be my husband's story. That's not going to be my neighbor's story. But like for me, it was like, that's what he's going to use. And you know, life isn't over. He's going to keep doing different things and all of us, but it's been so cool to see him use like this secular kind of crazy, kind of silly, like, you know what I mean? Kind of yeah. like, you know, it's not like the most honorable thing that you would think like, yes, God, yeah. this is God's plan, but it is like, right. he's so cool. He's so much bigger than we think he is. Right. Um, so yeah, it's been really awesome. That's amazing. You mm-hmm. know, and I've, um, I want to shift and talk a little bit about your blog and your YouTube and that's kind of what okay. you touched cool. on. And, um, I've, I remember when I first read your blog and I don't know when it came out cause I've read it a couple times over, but I feel like being a Christian too, sometimes it's hard to confess the small stuff or even huh. like jealousy comparison, because I think right. we all know being in the church, like we know the right answers or you expect <laughs> yeah. for someone to tell you yes. that there's a difference between head knowledge and really believing that truth and claiming it. And yeah. I think one thing I love is that in your blog post, like you um, are so transparent, but your prayers are also very Thanks. specific. You're very mm. specific about, Hey, mm. this is the specific thing I'm struggling with, with my body issues or, um, even finding contentment in your relationship with Jeremy, like these right. sometimes feel scary to confess out loud because yeah. as a Christian, we know we should find contentment in God. And when we're yeah. not, it feels scary. Right. But, right. Yeah. Like, and you know the answer. So do it. You know, like yeah. that's the, yeah. Um, it, it is so interesting that something I feel like I've been really called to is, um, and I think a lot of it actually had to do with, um, going through 12 step because in church, like I love church girl, like I will go to church till the day I die. I think it's really important. I think God calls us to do it, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all the things, but there was a special freedom that I found in a program called celebrate recovery, which is essentially like an AA 12 step program, but, but focus on Jesus. But interesting, girl, it's so good. I literally feel like everyone should do it, whether you have an addiction problem or not. It's just good. That's a whole nother thing. So anyways, but in these programs, there's, there's really radical honesty and it changed my life to be in, um, these Christian circles where again, yeah, I think people open up a little bit and, you know, depending on the church circle, it might be, might be more or less, but there is kind of usually in church kind of this guise of like, we're good. We're filled with the Holy spirit. We're joyful. We're this, we're that, which is great. But I think that God also calls us to cry out sometimes. And for me, being in Celebrate Recovery, I really found myself having a space to cry out in the midst. And for most of my life, kind of even in my family system, um, it was kind of like you solve your problem on your own. And then once you've found breakthrough, then you can kind of tell everyone your testimony. Yes. Right? Of breakthrough. This is where I was, but here I am now. And what God's really been calling me to, you know, kind of through Celebrate Recovery and just through other things like my relationship with Jeremy and just, you know, being a human on this planet is to um, be honest about where you're at as it's happening. And by doing so to invite other people to do the same, because we're all, we're all always struggling with something, right? On my best day, I can point to probably 10 things that God's working on, right? Like the jealousy thing. That's really hard for me. That's generational. It's, you know, it's, it's generational and I, I'm breaking agreements with it as often as I can, but it comes up insecurity, all of these things, you know, body stuff, food stuff. And if I don't talk about it while I'm in it, I'm never going to talk about it. And I really think the enemy wants us to stay silent because then we don't get out. Yeah, totally. You know, and so through YouTube, through blogging, I feel like 
I don't want to be fake and I don't want to just talk about it after it's done. Like my, my food stuff, like girl, literally, what was it? Two days ago, I was crying in my bed to Jeremy. I was like, I still don't know how to do this. I still don't know when I'm full. I don't know what that is. I don't know how to stop. I don't know X, Y, Z, you know, I don't know what to eat. I don't know when to eat. I don't know how to be normal. Like I feel so addicted to this. Like, can you help me? You know? And, and there's even with my husband who I love, there's such a lie. Like, don't tell him, don't, you don't want to burden people with your stuff. You don't need to open up. He's heard it before, da, 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 da. But there's so much power in just speaking where you're at. So anyways, to answer your question, like that, that to me feels really important. And, and to see when I do that, how it frees other people to do it. I'm like, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Right. Like we can't act like we have a little bow on it and everything's neat and tidy. That's not what the Bible says. Right. Like it's like work out your salvation with fear and troubling. Like it's, it's a, it's a process. We're working it out. We're working it out and we're dependent on God every day. And the more that you're in touch with that, the more passionate you're going to be about him. If you know that you need him, number one, and just in, in the more life, giving you'll be if you're being honest with the people around you it, it really frees them up to be themselves as well I love that like there were times after I read your post when I literally got on my knees and I prayed and was like I want to mm. be more vulnerable and specific about my prayers too mm. and not just say a bible verse and believe that I and pretend to believe this truth and brush right. this area under the rug yeah and um you know I remember at that time I think I was reading a book by um Jenny Allen and she was talking about how um like as Christians, like if we try to pretend like we are perfect, we are good, we mm-hmm. point our arrows to ourselves. Mm. But when we talk about like, hey, these are my flaws, but this is my savior who saved me, then we yeah. bring arrows to him and how much greater that is. Huh, cool. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Oh, amen. I don't I don't know who that is, but I like it. I, <gasps> oh my gosh. I look right? Yes. I? I will <laughs> like after you will love her, Brit. She Great. has written books about um her latest book is called Nothing to Prove. Oh, love it already. Yep. So and then good. she just writes a lot about freedom and identity good. and really finding that in Jesus and like through relatable, um, stories from even being a mother and her adoption, all that stuff. It's, Oh, totally. Okay. I'll I'm text you that after. I, yeah. Seriously. Truly. Yeah. I always use a good uh, book, but want to hear your, um, thoughts and advice on, well, one, what does your daily devotions look like? Mm-hmm. And what's mm-hmm. your advice to women who want to cultivate an intimate relationship with God? Yeah. Okay. So I'll do, I'll do two parts. So first of all, my daily devotion and this, you know, is not prescriptive, but just to be descriptive, this is what I do. So every day, um, I wake up and like for 20 or 30 minutes, I just, I just like write. I'm just like, blah, because I wake up and I don't know if you're the same way, but I wake up and I have like racing thoughts. I have thoughts of judgment towards other people, judgment towards me. What am I going to do? It's just like crazy tornado. And so for me, it's really cathartic and helpful for me to just like right out. I'm like, Jesus, I'm scared of doing this today. Jesus, I feel, you know, like not adequate in this area. I feel afraid of this. I'm thankful for this. Da, 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 da. And then as I'm doing that, I always open up. So I get this thing, it's called like daily promises. And I get that email to my phone. It's a Bible verse and it's kind of expounded. It's daily promises, 365, I think. Um, cool. so I just get, it's just a Bible verse and it's like broken down and, and it's, it's, um, it's worded in like as a promise. So it's, it's, you know, cause obviously there's a billion verses in the Bible and this is 365 things that are promises that God speaks to his children. And then it just kind of explains it. So I read through that and I'm writing through that. And then also I do, um, as I'm driving around to work, I listen to the Bible in one year, Nikki Gumbel, who like started alpha course. If you've ever heard of that, oh, um, no. okay. 
he's amazing. He's adorable. Like he's so great. So what it does is, and I just listen to it. It's like half hour. So I just do it while I'm driving. You know, I live in LA, tons of traffic. So I have tons of time. (laughs) I'm driving a mile. It takes a half hour. So I can listen (laughs) to the whole thing. Um, um, so anyways, it, it does a Psalm, a new Testament and an old Testament passage. And he does like a little devotional that kind of like wraps them all together. And it's totally anointed because somehow they always like fit together perfectly. He's crazy. So anyways, super good. I love that. And then, um, really again, usually, and this isn't all the time, but most nights I would say probably, let's say five times out of the week, I'll do again, um, journaling, praying before I go to bed. And obviously I'm in prayer throughout the day, like just because I need to be. (laughs) But for me, when I'm writing, that really keeps the ADD at bay (laughs) and it keeps me focused. It keeps me from, um, you know, not like swirling away and thinking about something else. It really keeps me like focused. And, and I think the amount of time that you can stay focused really opens the door for Holy Spirit to begin speaking back to you. And a lot of times what I'll write is, is kind of what I hear God saying to me. Like, I'll be mm-hmm. like, God, write a letter to me. Like, what, what do you want to speak over me? Like, where do I need to be repenting? Like, what am I not seeing? Or like, what, what, you know, just, just like, are, do you have a word for me? And, and obviously like, it's usually Bible verses and things like that, but I want to give Holy Spirit space to speak to me and not just be talking at him, you know? So that's kind of my routine. And then what was the second? Sorry, I'm so long-winded. No, girl. that's so powerful. Up, no, but... no, no, no. I love all of it. I'm so engaged <laughs> right now. I, I'll repeat the second question, but also I, um, in one of your YouTube videos with you and Jeremy, you talked about a question that you guys mm-hmm. ask each other. Um, <laughs> at first I heard it and I was like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. And then later I, I'm yes. just being honest. No, no, please. I, I used it and I was like, this is powerful. And I wrote an Instagram post about it, but you asked ask the question, how is my heart feeling today? Or how Mm -hmm. is my heart feeling today? Mm -hmm. And what was powerful about that was in whatever your segment you were talking about, about holding your thoughts captive to Christ. How so many of our thoughts can be floating on our head from, oh, I hate how my hair looks today to whatever. These minds. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our brain, mm-hmm. And you don't even realize, but unless we hold, take the intentional moment to hold our thoughts captive to Christ, yeah. I think you're just such a great example of that. So I think that's really awesome. And yes, that is cheesy and that's okay to say. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And the thing is, it's like, yeah, it's cheesy, but like, it, 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 you know, and you can phrase it however you want. That is a very cheesy way to phrase it. And I'm always like, how's your heart doing, And he's like, but... It it. gets to the point, like, like what, what's happening inside of me? Like what's happening inside of me, right? Like we're not just, just robots doing tasks, right? Like there's, there's stuff going on and like, God wants to be a part of it. And if you can share it with other people, then you're actually probably more in touch with it. If you have to voice it to somebody else, it makes you actually think like, Oh, actually I feel a little sad. I feel a little, whatever, whatever it is, or it can be, I feel great. And it's like, great, let's talk about that. Let's, let's, you know, be grateful to God for whatever it is. It doesn't have to be, you know, deep, but, um, anyways, yeah, that is cheesy and it's also good. <laughs> no, I love that. So what would your advice be to other young women who are looking to cultivate an intimate relationship with God? Mm-hmm. It's so funny. So I'm actually going <clears> to <throat> be kind of speaking about this on Sunday at, at the church that I go to. Um, but, but in, in it's, it's also something that I kind of stole from Judah Smith, who's amazing. And I will give him all the credit because he really like brought this to life for me. He was talking about the story 
where Jesus is eating with um, a bunch of Pharisees, right? They're they're having dinner and, you know, they're, they're lounging at the dinner table and it's, you know, they're, they're fancy, they're honorable, they're this, they're that. And a woman comes in and she's like a, a woman of the night, you know, um, a <laughs> prostitute. Yeah. And she comes in and she has her hair, she takes her hair down, which oh, is illegal yes. at that time. She's weeping on his, on his feet and, you know, totally causing a scene. And, da, 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 da. And, and, and Judah says, and I've heard that story a million times. I'm sure you have also. And Judah's like, why is she so passionate? Mm. What, what is it about her? And I was like, that's true. Like, I want to be that passionate. I feel so, so complacent sometimes, right? Like, I'm like, ah, I'm devotion. Ah. Like, God, I've heard this Bible verse a million times. Yeah. And he said, the reason she's so passionate is because she knows what she's been saved from. Like, she knows who Jesus is, right? She knows that she needs him. She knows her life is not okay without him, right? Like she knows that his power is what's saving her from being a prostitute, from being a sinner, from all these things. You know, it's the same as like the two prayers, right? It talks about like the Pharisees prayer where he's like, thank God that I'm not like other people. Like, I think that's how we get sometimes. And that's not a passionate stance. Mm -hmm. That's you thinking it's mostly me, God a little Mm -hmm. bit, but mostly me. Like I do my devotions. I read my Bible. I'm nice to people. I I tithe. I da, 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 da. And then Jesus contrasts it with the other prayer, which is of the tax collector, right? The sinner, which we all are, but he knows he's a sinner. And he says, Mm. he's beating his breast and he says, God have mercy on me. Wow. And I think that, that both this woman and the tax collector, right? Like they're both people who are just living in an accurate (laughs) state of mind. They see that they're sinful. They see that they need Jesus. And so it's the same as like when I was on the show, like being like, you know, (laughs) hated by millions, I had a pretty accurate like view of like how much I needed God in that time. And so for me, the trick is like, how can I be really, really honest and look at myself as, as being dependent, as needing God, as needing to feed on the word, as needing to be in prayer, needing to, to do my devotions, not to like, tick a box, but really to connect with the creator of the universe who knows me, who sees me, who knows what I need and who knows what I lack and still chooses to be with me. Right. It's so different than just like doing the stuff. And so that's the tension that I try to live in. And, and, and again, like I'm a sinner. That's not my full identity. I'm also right. a, a child of God. And to hold those two intention to know, Timothy Keller has a quote, which I'm not able to remember right now, but it's, it's essentially talking about that. Like the tension of the Christian faith is like knowing how far, how, how like unlovable we are because of our sin and also knowing how loved we are because of who God is like keeping those two things to like in your head at the same time. Like that's the essence of the Christian faith. Like those are the people that are passionate. Those are the people that are changing the world. Those are the people that are like weeping at the feet of Jesus because they know who he is and they know who they are. And it's, and it's not, um, it's not self-loathing at all. It's, it's really beautiful actually, but that's like the tension is just like, I am a sinner. I'm broken. I need you. And yet you choose me and I get to have you. Wow. You know? So, so that's how I, if I'm going to be passionate, that's the state of mind I have to be in. Right. It's yeah. just, just basically being accurate. <laughs> yeah. No, I really love that. And that's something we talk about a lot in our church too, is mm-hmm. that tension. Right. And your comment about self-loathing. I think that's important because you hear that and think, oh, but that sounds like you're kind of beating yourself up. But actually when you find the freedom to say yeah. like, if my worth doesn't come from how much I perform or how right. much money I make or the value right. I put in this world, right. you suddenly feel free to be like, 
exposing all of it, bringing it all to the light. Yeah. Like I'm broken. Hey, so are you, so are we all. And the other thing is like, God's not shocked by that. Right. Like he's not shocked that you're a human being. Mm. He's not like, Oh, Brit, what you have problem. Like, "Mm, no, he's like, yeah, I know. I know you're a human being. I love you as a human being. You know, in Romans, it says like he died for us when we were still his enemies. Amen. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, so there's, there's, it's such an unimaginable, like unconditionality. Like I can't, I can't totally get my brain around it, but like, that's, that's the struggle. It's like to try to understand that I could be loved that much. And the more I'm, I'm open and honest about the actual person that he's loving, this person that doesn't have it all together, like the closer I feel to him. Yeah. Cause the greater the sacrifice. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people who get off the show and even people who don't have a following and turn social media into a highlight reel. These yeah. are the best moments of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I want to make my life look a certain way, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Right. You got off the yeah, show very and easy. you kind of went a different route where you actually were more vulnerable, more transparent. And you kind of were like, Hey, these are my insecurities. These are my struggles. Mm-hmm. Was that intentional? Did you feel tempted to kind of monetize this platform and become famous? Yeah. Well, the monetization thing, actually, that was something that like, you know, cause it's, it's kind of, there's like this myth that you number one, make money on the show. Or if you're on the show, you have money or something. And like, not, not for me like that, that like you don't get paid to be on the show. And that dried me up. Like that was three months with no, no income. And you know, you have to quit your job and all this. Like, so for me, it was really wow. tempting to monetize things like to kind of sell like, you know, toothpaste or whatever. It's not evil things. It's just yeah. stuff. Um, but I, I really had to, you know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. like, you know, it's not, it's not killing babies. It's like right. selling, you know, things that are, you know, like what, like a tea, fit tea or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Or whitening your teeth or yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Like, and God bless the people that do it. I, I think that's wonderful. But for me, um, I wanted to be promoting things like other things that felt important to me. Like I was like, I want to use this platform, like for like world vision or da, 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 or even just say things that matter to me or just post silly things. Um, and I felt like that would muddy the waters. And so I never felt really a yes from God to do that. I don't think it's bad to do it. I think it's great when people do and like more power to them hundred percent. But for me, it just didn't feel totally right. It just never felt totally right. Um, and a lot of people are like, uh, but that's like money. And I'm like, yeah, but also like, it's all, all God's money. I don't, whatever. So it just never felt right to me. The other thing, it's interesting that you say that, um, talking about making social media highlight reel. It's, it's, thank you for saying that. And, but I do feel, I feel like convicted about it sometimes. I feel like I still do do that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still very tempted to do that. Um, I mean, there's some days where I'm like, what if I just posted like the picture that shows up when you flip your camera right from underneath without a felt like what if I posted that and I was just like this is what I actually look like you know or like this is what you know or what if I didn't cut my body out of the thing if I felt like it looked fat or what if I didn't Mm. you know pepper in like modeling pictures from like five years ago or whatever you know like what if I didn't do that or what if I didn't always post pictures of me and Jeremy like smiling because yeah we fight sometimes like Mm. we fight sometimes or, or whatever it is yeah um I feel like for me, that's something that I'm trying to figure out. Like what is the balance? Because I also think that there's value to be being a source of light, a source of hope. Like I want to be posting Bible verses. I want to be posting things, but then there's also days where I'm, I'm, I don't want to say depressed because I'm not clinically depressed, but you know, everyone just has up and downs. Yeah. Hard days. Um, ugly days, fat days, insecure days, blah, 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 blah. And I feel like, yes, I can, I can do that sometimes. And I'm just being totally real with you. I feel like I I can do that to a certain point. I can do that in my blogs. I can do that in a video where, um, 
I'm set up for that. I'm like, okay, Mm. here we go. I'm doing this, but it is hard for me to be spontaneous sometimes and like be real. And, and so for me, sometimes it's interesting. You say, I look at my Instagram and I'm like, that's not the full picture of my life. I do sometimes wonder, I'm like, what would, this is just something I'm processing. Like, what would Jesus be doing on his Instagram? It probably wouldn't always look beautiful. It probably wouldn't be, I don't know. Would it even be pictures of him? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm like, I take selfies. Is that bad? Is that gross? Is it, is it self-indulgent or is it like, Hey, I like myself. You should too. I don't know. Like it's such a confusing, um, world. So number one, I mean, thank you for saying that, but, but that's something that I actually wrestle with. I don't Mm. know how real I am on social media. There's definitely, I could be more real. Mm. No, you know? that's encouraging to hear that that's something that you wrestle with too. Cause I think a lot of people are thinking about that. Oh yeah. Something that I've been learning too is like, even, even like taking breaks is so helpful Hi. because I find myself feeling more and more pressure to conform and post like mm. beautiful pictures or like thin looking pictures or fun looking pictures or this or that. Like the more I just like go on my own search page and I see that every, everyone apparently is like six feet tall and has like amazing boobs and yeah. wants to be on a yacht or whatever it is, you know, or like a <laughs> yoga, a yoga lady or this or that. And I feel, I feel like just the enemy uses that to get so in my head. And I mm. find my own posts kind of wanting to live up to that. Whereas if I'm just being me and I'm just posting what's happening in my life, that's probably truer to who Brit actually is. And so that's been something that I like really have. I mean, I don't know if it's an addiction, but it's close. Like there's something going off in the pleasure centers of your brain where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just spent two hours. Yeah. Right. Right. And so that's something I'm really trying to work on. I'm like, what if I put that toward anything else? Yeah. And something useful. My husband calls me out on it, which I'm thankful for that he also is not into Instagram, but he'll be like, neither is Jared. Isn't that great? Yeah. He's like, are we going to that coffee shop? Because you saw it on Instagram. Like, are we going to take a picture in front of that wall? Because you saw it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And when he calls it out, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I guess that is kind of silly how much my life revolves around social media and what I see and wanting to suddenly like subconsciously mimic what I see and what other people's lives look like. Right. And that's so interesting. And that's something that we can apply. Like, just think about it. Like, Think of how much as, as we're looking at these other women and like women that you follow, da, 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 it does, it, it totally sculpts what you think is normal, mm. what you think is good, what you want to live up to. And it's like, that's, that's also what happens when we're reading the Bible all the time, right? Like if you're immersing yourself and looking at Jesus all the time, it's like, that's what I want to be like, like that's, that's the way to be. That's, you know what I mean? And, and I feel like there's like this, you know, I really vacillate between both. Like, I'm like, there's such, there's such beauty in the way that he conducted himself and he spoke with such wisdom and such power. Like he really, I mean, he wasn't like nice all the time. He, you know what I mean? He spoke the truth in love, but he spoke the truth. And there's something so attractive about it. And then there's something also so attractive about the way the world does things. And I just go back and forth and I'm like, it's so important what we fill our minds with because you really do. I mean, we're, you know, human beings, we, we copy what we look at. Like what we fill our minds with is what comes out and it, you get to choose. (laughs) What do you fill your mind with? (laughs) That's so good. Um, last question for you. And I feel like I could literally be talking to you for five more I know. I'm like, we need to hang out. Let's hang out. When you're in Reading and you're passing by San Francisco in real life. Totally. Yes. I would love that. So Coffee and Honeycomb is the name of the podcast. And you've kind of spoken a little bit about it, just like how important scripture is in your life. Yeah. And that's kind of what my heart is for this podcast as well is 
honeycomb comes from scripture when it talks about the law of the Lord mm. and it says the law of the Lord and sweet like a honeycomb drippings yeah. of a honeycomb. Yes. What is your honeycomb in this season or what's a Bible verse that you're kind of clinging on to right now? Mm, totally. I love that. I love that like metaphor. That's beautiful. But anyways, um, so I think, well, I'll answer that two ways. So my like life passage is Romans eight. And I love it in the message. I love it. And it's too long to quote here, but it, it's basically the passage that starts out um, saying there's therefore there's no condemnation, you know, and it just basically it outlines the gospel in such a beautiful way. Um, and I love it in any version, but in the message, it's, it's just like, every time I read it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's so real. It's so wow. true. It's so deep. So that's my life one. But right now I've been um, like, really connecting to actually a verse that like <laughs> for most of my life, I was kind of like, ah, that's, it's a little weird. Like I don't get it. But anyways, Ephesians three sixteen says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God's, he may strengthen you with the power, with power through his spirit in your inner being. And some translations say your inner man. And I was always like, is that weird? Like that, is that like astral projection? You know, like, I'm like, that feels like yeah. weird, like super, you know, Pentecostal, like, way cares my, my intermittent, whatever. But I've just been thinking about like, what if I'm actually tapping and not like in a, you know, the secret kind of way or any new agey way, but like it's right there in the Bible. He is the power source. Like there, there is an, there's a spirit inside of us that can be strengthened by the same power that literally raised Jesus from the dead. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's helping the lame to walk. That's bringing the dead to life. That's, that's, you know, setting the captives free. All of these things that we read about in scripture. I'm like, if I really believe that, like, why am I not inviting that into my inner man? Mm -hmm. Like, like his strength is, is more than enough. And I don't know if I live with that being like that, that knowledge or, or, or like actually the, with the invitation. I don't know if I'm like receiving that as being true and, and inviting that into my life and like accessing fully like what is available. So for me, it's just, yeah, I want, I want to be strengthened by his spirit in my inner man. Like there is more to me than my outsides. There's more to me than driving traffic to my jobs. There's more, right? Like this life can be so abundant and so full. And like, do I tap into that? Do I ask mm -hmm. for him to strengthen me through that power, which is limitless in my inner man, do I want to connect my spirit to Holy Spirit? Like, is that how I'm living? So that's my verse right now that I'm really trying to like, just chomp on, <laughs> just like digest and take hold of. That's so good. I love that. And Brett, thanks so much for being on this podcast and just being thanks so Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah. So if people want to find you or ask you any questions, is there somewhere they can go to, to talk to you? So I think probably just my Instagram is like the easiest. So it's Brett Carolina B R. <laughs> I don't know how to spell B-R-I-T-T, <laughs> Carolina, which is my middle name, K-A-R-O-L-I-N-A, -A, like the state, but with a K. Um, it's Swedish, which I'm Swedish. Um, so yeah, Brit Carolina is my Instagram and there's like a little email there um, that you can send in stuff. And basically like, yeah, I mean, I love talking to people. I will get, I actually read my things. Yeah. Not, not all the time and not consistently, but like, yeah, that's how we got to talk to each other. Yeah. Like, I love meeting people. I love meeting, especially women. Obviously men can write in too. Um, with boundaries. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I really love talking to women about, about life stuff. And like, if you have prayer requests, like I would love to pray for you. That's like such a blessing for me to be praying, oh praying gosh, over people's stuff. Who are you? So girl, I feel like we're like best friends. I'm like, let's hang. Anyway. So yeah. So yeah, that's probably the best way to reach me. And I, I, when I have moments of free time, I do read through comments and stuff. 
Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you liked Britt and hearing her perspective. I actually highly recommend checking her out on Instagram, her YouTube, and her blog. Her content is really uplifting, and to me, it's just refreshing to see it because it's so different from a lot of other things I see on social media. Um, So again, I hope you liked today's episode, and if you enjoyed this one as well as last week, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review or throw some stars. Um, And I'll see you guys in next week's. Have a great day.